Amen. Well, Happy New Year, All Shores. So glad that we all get to be together. This is our united service where we get to end the year together, really start the year together. So excited for everything that God has done this year. So excited for everything that God will do. And today's special because we're going to celebrate baptism, which is people... Yeah, come on. Give it up, people who who really are making a mark on this new year. And we would say that baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality. And we're so excited for, for these people, young and old, to really publicly declare that they want to follow Jesus. And I just want to read a little bit. You'll How we do this is we'll keep singing, we'll keep, um, the band will keep playing so you can sing along and you won't necessarily be able to hear um, what's being said to those people who are being baptized, but you'll be able to see it. And when they come up out of the water, whatever we're singing, would you just cheer and celebrate and praise God for everything, for everything it means for someone to make that declaration. Um, here's, what, here's what these individuals have said about why they're getting baptized. One woman said, I grew up in the church, but in the last few years, I've found a relationship with Christ that's helped me overcome my past. A young couple whose family has felt so welcomed at all shores and has found a new relationship with Jesus. A teenager who was invited to church by their, by their friend, not just to come to church, but to come to Jesus. Amen. And a young girl who has seen the faith of her parents, witnessed her mother getting baptized just a year ago, and a member of our, of our military serving in the Navy who will be baptized later today as well. So this is an exciting day where our church family gets to come together, an exciting day where people are making public declarations of, the, of their faith. And it's not just them. This is really symbolic of our church as a whole. So as we continue to sing, as people are getting baptized, join in, cheer for them, and we will worship our God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's continue to sing. to 
worship such a good God. We're so excited that we all get to be here together for such a special moment. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? God, we look to you today and we affirm that you are where our help comes from, that you are the maker of heaven and earth, that we can't help but look, look back on this past year and just affirm that if you weren't with us, if you weren't there, that we wouldn't be here today that you have sustained us, that you have, you have helped us, that you have opened doors for us, you've comforted us in our grief, you've helped us in our sadness, you've rejoiced over us, that there's nothing and no one that we can be more thankful for than how we feel for you today. And God, on behalf of every single person on the sound of my voice, we ask for your help. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your protection heading into this new year. That we really do want this year to be the best year that we've ever had in following you and chasing after you and getting to know your heart. God, would you help us? Would you give us the desire to follow you? And would you, would you help our lives to look more and more like the life of Jesus? And so we know we can't do that without you. We pray that you would give us everything that we need to follow you. And we promise to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said, amen. amen and amen. Well, you can take a seat if you're in the room. If you're joining us online, happy new year. We're so excited that you're with us too. You guys did a great job cheering for everybody. Can we just cheer one more time for every single person who got baptized? So cool to watch. I think, I think baptism and this picture of new life is not just for those who got what today, but it's a reminder for all of us. All of us need markers in our lives where we recommit, where we renew. And, and I certainly hope that as we go from 2023 to 2024, that, that this moment, this service will be that for you, where we recognize that the best year ahead is one where we put God first and chase after him with everything that we have. And so um, I, I just wish that for all of us and so excited that we all get to be here together. My name's Evan. If we haven't had the chance to meet, I'm one of the pastors here. And, and I just want to say welcome to all of you who are joining us, whether for the first time or for the first time in a long time. We're so glad that you chose to spend time with us. And we would love to develop a relationship with you, get to know you a little bit. The best way we know how to do that is through a connection card. There should be a connection card in the seat back in front of you, or there's a QR code that you can choose to. But, but you can fill that out anytime throughout the service and then bring that back to our connection point, which is a booth in the lobby. And we have a gift that we would love to put in your hand. Um, you can mark different things and we'll, and we'll get back to you as we start this new year. Our goal is just to help you if you're wanting to take steps to help you do that and to make it really easy. So do that um, if you can today. This is also the service where we, or this is also the time in the service where we pause and just celebrate all that God has given us and celebrate the invitation that he really gives to us, which is to give back. And so um, if, you're, if you're a part of this church family and that's a part of what you do, I just encourage you and thank you for your giving um, and offering back to God. If you, whether it's electronic giving today or whether you put your gift in the boxes, everything um, that's given today will still be counted towards the 2023 tax um, contribution. And so um, I just want to say thank you. Our church is such a generous church. And I think that reflects the heart of a generous God. 
And so thank you for the way that you live that out. Thank you for the way that you bless others. We do so much more together than any one of us could do alone. We have a great rest of our service planned for you today. Why don't you turn your eyes to the screen? Well, good morning again. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas Sunday and happy Outreach Sunday. It's all three today. So yeah, I'm excited about this. Every fifth Sunday we celebrate what we call Outreach Sunday and I'm going to try to tie all of that in together for us today in this united service. I'm Pastor Thad. I'm the Outreach Pastor here, which is why Pete's got me up here on Outreach Sunday. <laughs> and he will be back next week and uh, sharing the vision of what God has for us as a people. And uh, I'm going to try not to step into that too much uh, today. He wanted to know exactly what I was saying today so that I didn't steal his message and thunder for next week. So, Pete, if you're watching, love you. You'll be back next week. Um, But uh, before we get into the text today and get into the message, uh, we just believe that God's Spirit is here and He moves and he, oftentimes it's in a whisper, it can be in a shout. Sometimes it's emotion that stirs up. We have people that describe how God, they, they literally sense God's presence, his touch. And so I don't know what that might be for you today, but we believe that as we open up God's word, that he speaks to us through it. And it's not through uh, my words, but it's through his, that he reveals himself. And so we just want to pause to prepare our hearts and minds to hear from him today. So will you pray with me? The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. So Lord, as we open up this text today, as we continue this theme and this idea of what we've been going in through or going through with Advent, Lord, this waiting for you to come, um, Lord, we just, we just pray that you would meet us even here today. That, Lord, if there's anything that's of me, that it would fall to the ground and be forgotten. But whatever you have to say to each one of us, Lord, that it would be clear. Lord, whether it is a challenge for us or a conviction for us or something that we need to change, God, we just pray that it would be evident that it's of you and that it would stick. And so, Lord, bless uh, your message today. And uh, we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, it is the end of 2023. We're entering into 2024, and there's a lot of exciting things that are coming this next year. Some of you have been anticipating these things that are going to be happening in 2024. It's election year, and we're all excited about that, (laughs) he said facetiously. 
you know, we're just anticipating uh, Michigan's going to win the national championship. The Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. Too soon? Maybe. Uh, yeah, but one of, the, one of the real events that's probably going to be taking place is, uh, is the 2024 Olympics. Paris is coming up. Some of you are Olympic fans, yeah. So you're excited about that. And this last summer, my wife and I were at a missions conference with, with a team from our church and all the missionaries from around the world. And we were uh, located just outside of Athens. And so one of the days we got to tour Athens and we got to go to the Panathenaic Stadium, which was built in 1870, I think it was, over top of the location where the original games uh, were held in 330 B.C. And this stadium, built around 1870, was constructed, and it's the only stadium that's made of all marble. It was really beautiful to, to be there. But not only uh, was it built in 1870, it was used for the opening and closing ceremonies for the 1896 modern-day Olympics that we have followed since. And so today, the Olympic torch in Greece is lit by the sun. I didn't know this. It's lit by the sun on Mount Olympus. And then they take that torch and they take it to this stadium where it is then handed off. The fire, the light is handed off to whatever country is going to be hosting the Winter or the Summer Olympics. And they take that torch and they take it from nation to nation and place to place, sharing the message, if you will, of the Olympic spirit. The light represents the spirit, the knowledge, and the life of the athletes. And you would think, well, maybe in 1896, this kind of idea of the light traveling from place to place and this message that went out to the nations, that, that would make sense. But in today's society, with social media and the internet, not really sure how significant carrying that light from place to place physically is necessary. I mean, social media is so uh, popular around the world. 37% of our world's population are Facebook users. Is that crazy? It's sad. But <laughs> that means almost 4 in 10 people are Facebook users around the world. And, and the social media platform and the internet is available to even more people than that. And some of the access is good, some of it's not so good. But they have access to hear the stories, to hear the messages. And all that being said, there are still places around the world that have no internet access. They have no social media access. They have no cell phone coverage. As a matter of fact, 38% of the world's population four in ten people don't have access to the internet, which means they haven't heard the stories. They don't know what's going on around the world. But what I want to tie in this morning for us is the fact that that is also true spiritually. Four in ten people around our world have no access to the gospel. They've never heard the gospel They've never heard about Jesus. They don't know what the Bible is. And so just as the world uses this light to go to the nations, my question this morning is, how do we get the good news of Jesus to those places where no one has heard? 
How do we get the good news to the nations? And maybe in 2024, shrink that gap just a little bit. And I hope we can discover some things this morning. And we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2. And if you're familiar with Luke chapter 2, it's also the story of Jesus' birth. It's what we've been going through uh, during Advent, this, this awaiting the coming of Jesus. And so we want to continue that idea and that theme. Because Mary and Joseph, if you were here over Christmas or you're familiar with the story, Mary and Joseph, right, they, they've been to Bethlehem. They've given birth to Jesus. Eight days later, he was circumcised, and they gave him the name Jesus, Yeshua, in the Hebrew, meaning God saves. And as he was circumcised, and just a little quick note, uh, it, it was a grafting into the family of God, if you will. It was a symbol of belonging to God's people. And the same is true. The early theologians said that baptism was the same thing. That as we are baptized, we are grafted into this family of God. And we've experienced that this morning. And then 33 days after that, so 40 days since Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph wind up in Jerusalem. It's been a busy time. I mean, if you're a new parent, you know how busy it can be. But imagine, they've been on the road, Mary being pregnant, they get to Bethlehem, they give birth in a cave, a bunch of angels show up and tell them they, or a bunch of shepherds show up and tell them they saw a bunch of angels in the field, right? Then they go back home to Nazareth, and then they go to Jerusalem, and they're back in Jerusalem 40 days after Jesus' birth for a couple of different things. According to the Jewish law, there was a purification that Mary had to go through. She had given birth and she needed to be made clean. And so there was a, a ritual that she would go through. And then since the time of Israel coming out of Egypt, God had put in place a sacrifice where people would purchase back their firstborn child, their firstborn son. And since Jesus was the firstborn son, they needed to sacrifice. And in Leviticus 12, it says that they're to bring a lamb without blemish to sacrifice to kind of buy back their son because the firstborn son belonged to God. And they were going to kind of buy him back, if you will. That's what it represented. But it also says in Leviticus 12 that if you couldn't afford a lamb, you could bring two turtle doves. And so that's what they did. Mary and Joseph brought two doves. And so we know that Jesus was born into obscurity and born into poverty. But they go to Jerusalem after all this busyness, and who knows what they were thinking, but if you've had a busy season and you've given birth and there's all these changes in your life, and I can't imagine for them, you know, for Mary, like, who is this child? I hear stories of what he's going to be like. You know, angels are showing up and talking to us. I imagine they're tired, not getting much sleep, so they're probably hoping they can go into the temple in Jerusalem, get these rituals over with, and head home. And maybe you've been there where you come into a setting like this, a church setting. Maybe you did that today and you're hoping, I'm just going to kind of get in and get out. Like, let's hope nobody talks to me, right? Let's hope nobody brings up or asks me a question about how I'm doing because I don't know if I want to tell them. I don't know if that's what Mary and Joseph were thinking, but maybe they were hoping they could get in and out without any other big events taking place. And they were wrong. So in Luke chapter 2, we read this. Beginning in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. 
it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. I love one of the commentators who described Simeon this way, and I just like the wording of this. They said, in every age of the church, there have been some distinguished by the common herd of professors, by their unfeigned zeal and piety. That was Simeon. It's a wonderful way of saying he was different. He was God-fearing, he was righteous, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is the comfort of God, the coming of the Messiah. And so for, for Simeon, Advent wasn't just four weeks. Advent was a lifestyle. Every day he was crying out and waiting for God to send his Messiah, the anointed one who would bring salvation. And so, in verse 27, it says, Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. God said, you won't die until you see my Messiah. He says, man, you can now dismiss me in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people Israel. What a powerful moment. And for Mary and Joseph to be there to witness this. I like the word uh, in the Greek. uh, It says, Lord, as you have promised. It just simply says, Lord, you said. We oftentimes use the word promise as though it's something in addition to what we have stated, what we have said. But when it comes to God, everything he says is true. It is a promise. And so the Holy Spirit had told Simeon, you're going to see the Messiah before you die. And he just simply says, God, you said, and here he is. But it wasn't that uh, Simeon was going to die immediately after this. He didn't go home and pass away. It's not what he was saying, like, you can now dismiss me in peace. But I, I want to take a little a second to, to describe something that, that I see in Simeon that oftentimes I think we struggle with. You see, Jesus was still an infant. He was only 40 days old. Simeon's situation wasn't going to change for him. Roman Empire was still going to be over the Jewish people. There were still uh, going to be situations, sin and injustice were going to be dominant in Israel. He didn't see any of the works of Jesus. No one was healed. No demonic spirits were cast out. No teaching had ever left the lips of Jesus. His situation wasn't going to change. And yet, he says, Lord, I'm at peace. Why? Because I've met Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if we don't have that same peace or why we don't have that same peace. Because I think we struggle. I know I struggle at times when we often put expectations on God to come through for us. And maybe you're going into 2024. You're, you're asking God to resolve these issues, to bring this healing, to have these moments in your life. And you want God to change the situation around you. But for Simeon, he was at peace simply knowing that he had met and knew Jesus. And he teaches us that it is enough that we know Jesus. 
that we have experienced him, that we have seen him. So I don't know what 2024 looks like, but would that we as a people would be able to say, I'm at peace no matter what, because I've met Jesus. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Simeon's praise here takes us back, though, to where we have spent the last month in Isaiah, because he's quoting Isaiah here. Let me take us back to a couple of the passages we've gone over. In Isaiah 2.5, come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. God was going to send his light to Jerusalem, and they were expecting that. Isaiah 9.2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The Messiah was to be this light. And then he almost quotes verbatim from Isaiah 49, 6. Speaking of the Messiah, he says, Isaiah says, I will make you a light to the Gentiles so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And isn't that what Simeon is declaring here? That you have, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, and a light for revelation to the Gentiles, meaning ethnos or ethnic groups, and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon is quoting Isaiah, a Jewish prophet, in the Jewish temple, in the capital of Jerusalem, the Jewish capital, if you will, during the time when they were meeting Jewish laws of purification and sacrifice. This child was fully Jewish. And yet, Simeon says, this child was born to be a light to the nations. This child was to be the hope of salvation to everyone. The glory of Israel was that he began as a Jew. But his ultimate goal was to be a light to the nations. And that light began in Bethlehem. And then it spread to Jerusalem, and then to Nazareth, and then for a time to Egypt. And then as Jesus grew and began his ministry in Capernaum, and then in Galilee. And after Jesus' death and resurrection, he would gather his disciples together, and he would say this, but you will receive my power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, you get to take the light to the world. How do we get the good news of Jesus to the nations? You. You bring the light of Jesus to the nations. What you've experienced in him, what you know of him, you take with you wherever you go. And I'm going to stop there because Pete's going to share a little bit more about that next week. But there is something that we take with us, that light that we carry with us. And it goes not just to our neighborhood, not just to our family, but we take that light with us to the nations. And just as Pete shared this week about taking it wherever we go, it is our task Jesus has given us an axe that we are to take it, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And especially today, to those four in ten people around the world, more than three billion people who have never heard the gospel, who have no idea what Jesus did for them. And all shores, just so you know, is focused in those areas. 
that's part of our calling as a church, to bring the good news, to bring the light to those places, people, and projects. As you came in today, you should have received a card. If not, grab one on your way out. And it simply describes our places, people, and projects that we as a church are globally reaching out to and bringing the light to. And those places are those are Europe, Turkey, Arabic, and Asia. They are those places where predominantly those three billion people exist that have not heard the gospel. And we are focused on not just sending people and having partners there, but creating an indigenous church planting movement where people who are nationals in those areas are getting saved, getting discipled, becoming leaders, and going out to their people groups and bringing the good news of Jesus. And it's a difficult task. And it's one of the reasons why we are committed to those areas. We call them our places because partners have a tendency to come and go. But our heart is to remain in those places where the gospel is needed most. We also are committed to areas where our people in our congregation, several who have gone out from our church, who are working with different organizations, they might be in different places around the world, finding ways to do justice, mercy, and evangelism. And we are committed to those people who go out from all shores that are not in those strategic areas. And then we have projects, those short-term teams that bring health care and Christian community development and collaboration with national churches, places like Ethiopia and Sierra Leone and China and Zambia. So the question might be this morning, how do you and I bring the light of Jesus to the nations? You know, what, what is it, how do we do this as a church and as individuals? What are those next steps for you? Because you're thinking, man, I, I have no idea what God is doing in those places or through those people or through those projects. I'm hoping you could discover more today. One of the things that we do to bring the light to the nations is pray. Is pray. I got a recent story about three weeks ago. We have a partner that's in a Turkic Arabic field we called uh, Fotizo area, or Fotizo, depending on how you pronounce it, potato, potato. But they are in an area around the world, uh, Turkic Arabic area, where it is very difficult to share the gospel. It's illegal in many of the countries to talk about Jesus, to ask people to come to Jesus. And this team has been there for more than 20 years. And recently, over the last month, they got in contact with an individual, two individuals who live across this large city who reached out to them through a Bible app and said, we want to get to know you. We want to get to know Christians in our area. And it was a national. And to be honest with you, there's a, there's a little bit of fear in that. They don't want to be known as missionaries. It's illegal for them to be there as missionaries. And so to, to make yourself known to strangers or to have someone contact you, they had to pray about this. But they sent the team and they went to go visit these individuals across the city to find out, okay, God, what, what is this all about? And when they got there, they heard this story. Eleven years ago, one of the individuals had a vision where Jesus came to him and met him. And he gave his life to Christ. But having no Bible, having no resources, having no churches in the area, he didn't know what to do. So he quietly, quietly and secretively lived out his faith 
and search for answers online. A few years later, through the Holy Spirit's leading, he gained the courage to start sharing his faith with others. And God blessed his courage and those who responded to his message. And now today, there are 30 people who have come to Christ who are following him in that city. Yeah. And they want to be discipled and they want to know more about Christ. And so they wanted to reach out to our Wesleyan team that's there. But that didn't start because of anything our team did. That was because of the prayers of God's people who are praying for the lost, who are praying for different people groups in that area of the world, who are asking God to move, to to show himself, to reveal himself. And now God is bringing that together with our team. But that's the power of prayer. It's one of the ways that we bring a light to the nations. And I know that many of you, you might have a prayer list, but have you considered, maybe you haven't, adding to that prayer list our partners or those places around the world to lift up each day and ask God to continue to move. At both of our campuses, we have uh, prayer cards with all of our partners They're right out in the lobby here in Spring Lake and in Muskegon. They're right in the lobby next to the connection point. There's a big map on the window. And so grab a couple of those. Begin to pray and lift up our missionaries. About a year ago, our care team, our missionary care team, was in in the prayer room right here in the lobby. And we were praying that night for uh, one of our partners on the field who had a specific need that they had reached out to us about. And while we were in the midst of praying, God answered their prayers. And God moves when his people bend the knee. And one of the ways you can bring light to the nations is to begin to pray. Pray for our partners. Pray for those areas around the world, the four in ten, who have no access to the, to the gospel. Another, another step is living. And let me explain this. It's not just what you're doing, but taking it to the next level. He's going to talk about this next week too, but it's this idea that you use your skills and your employment and your place in life to influence those around you. Noah and Kennedy uh, are one of our partners in Thailand. And Noah and Kennedy are what we call GMM workers, Global Marketplace Ministry. They are, they, they, when they lived here, they were teaching English and literacy And all they did was they felt called to do the exact same thing, but overseas. And so they are paid by the local government in Thailand to teach in their schools. But they go on purpose to do their job, but they go with the idea that we're here to do ministry and to share the gospel with others. And so it it lowers how much you have to raise to go on the field. It, it also, GMM workers can, can immediately be on site. They might have to learn some culture, but they can be right there because of what they do. And I wonder, for the next generation, and some of you, the next generation, you're sitting here in this room. What does it look like for you to consider taking whatever degree, whatever job that you have and going and serving overseas? Being employed and having your company send you somewhere where you can do life on purpose. And Kennedy and Noah, just a week ago, they sent me this story. Kennedy said, because of Christmas in the Buddhist schools, government Buddhist schools, because of Christmas, we were given the opportunity to share the gospel with over 600 students. 
Our school has four teachers on our team that shared the gospel, and God did wonderful things all around. Students had many questions in every class. It was wonderful to give them that space to ask the questions. One student asked if they could have a Bible, and one student came up to Noah after hearing a different telling of the gospel three times, and she asked how she could become a Christian. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That happens here locally, but it happens globally. To take your skills, your abilities. Some of you work with people from other nations. You're in contact with them. You're on Zoom calls with them. This is a way that you can take your faith and the place that you have in life, the skills that you have, and bring the light to our world. This one should not be surprising. That's giving. We have a global outreach fund, and yeah, the card that you got today has two QR codes the one on top is to know more about our places, people, and projects. Some, some of the information that are on these cards, we can't give you online because of security issues to help protect our partners. But the one down below is our giving link. And it just goes to our church's giving link. But we have a special fund that supports all of our missionaries. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It just comes from people like you giving specifically to our global outreach fund. But by doing that, you're able to support 14 different partners currently that are serving around the world. We focus on our partnership with global partners, that is the Wesleyan Sending Agency in those places of Europe, Turkey, Arabic, and Asia. But we have people who are on the field that wouldn't be on the field today if it wasn't for the support that our church gives them. This last year, we have seasoned partners who have had struggles with their visas, with wellness care, with unique funding. And if it were not for your generosity, they would no longer be there. They would no longer be in the Turkic Arabic area serving and sharing the gospel. Churches likely would not have been planted in Northeast Asia. Relief work in Europe and in South Asia would not have been possible if it weren't for your generosity. And because of your giving to the Global Outreach Fund and to those partners, they are able to be in those nations bringing the light of Jesus. It's one of the ways you get to be a part of this. When God blessed Abraham in the Old Testament in Genesis 12, that he would be the leader of Israel, he said, I I am going to bless you that you might be a blessing to the nations. And I believe God has blessed us for the same reason. That God has blessed us in North America that we might not just hoard what we have, but we might use what God has blessed us with to help share that light to the nations. Lastly, you can share the light by going. And for some of you, it might be a stirring, it might be a calling to go full-time. We've had people in our congregation who have been called to do that. We've got a couple who are visiting even right now. I I know Audrey uh, is with us during the holidays. I know uh, Rich and Deb are sitting right down here. We have partners that are here right now, but who are going out to serve around the world. And that might be a calling for you. If it is, man, I would love to talk with you about that. I always tell people, Jesus loves you and I have a wonderful plan for your life. (laughs) We can talk about this. You want to know where to go? Oh, let me help you. We can figure this out. No, this last year we sent four different teams 
to uh, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Uh, and this, last, this next year in 2024, we're planning to do the same. Uh, we also have a partner in Dearborn and the Turkic Arabic uh, field. And we, we want to uh, send some more teams over there to see the work that they're doing. And when you get a chance to go on a short-term trip, you experience a global Christianity which is far greater than just a North American concept of following Jesus. And the scripture, which was once written in a different culture and in a different time, all of a sudden comes alive and you become a better disciple. And like the Grinch, your heart goes, grows three times larger than before. And perhaps you should consider what you can do to go to bring the light. How do we get the light? You bring the light of Jesus to the nations. Four in ten people around the world have no access to the gospel. Our goal is to take that light to them. Jesus said in Matthew 24, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Our goal is to shorten that gap the next year, as we are entering 2025, there would no longer be four in 10 people without access. That more people wouldn't come to know Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that by you being engaged and you bringing the light, we can make a world of difference for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you uh, for 2023. We know, Lord, that... Uh, there have been seasons and times in this year of, of struggle, of grief, of joy. But Lord, in all of that, you've been with us. And just as Simeon said, that, uh, that he could now be dismissed in peace because he had seen your salvation. Lord, as we enter into 2024, whatever you might have for us, Lord, I pray that we would be at peace knowing that we know Jesus. And if there are those who are here this morning at the sound of my voice who don't have that relationship, Lord, I pray that their hearts would be stirred. And in 2024, even today, Lord, as they close out this year, they would make a decision to simply say yes to you. God, would you forgive them of their past, enter into their lives, and help them to know that they are a part of the light to our world. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Well, we're going to conclude this morning with uh, communion. Uh, it's our last time this year, so I'm glad you're here for this. As you came in, you should have received a cup. There are two layers to it. The top layer you peel off uh, has the bread, and then the second layer has the juice. And uh, this represents the body and the blood of Christ. Uh, as a church, uh, we, we don't require that you are a part of our congregation, a part of the Wesleyan Church. We just believe that as you are seeking Christ, that you are pursuing him and wanting more from him, that he meets you in this. And so if you're not at that place today and you don't want to participate, we understand that. But if you are pursuing Jesus and want him to meet you today, we invite you to partake together with us as a part of an open table. The scriptures say that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples and he took the bread. He broke it and gave thanks. He said, this is my body 
given for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. Let us take together. And then taking the cup, he said, this is a blood of new covenant. Not the blood of a lamb that represented what God did in Egypt, but a new covenant, my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins, that you would be made right with God because of what Jesus has done. Let us receive this in his name. Lord, we, uh, we ask that you would bless these elements to our body, to our spirit today. Lord, as we go forth today and we go into this new year, we go as people bringing the light, the revelation of God in our lives and what you are doing in our world. We pray that you would bless that, that others might come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to close with some worship. Oh, here.
shout Jesus from the mountain and Jesus in the street Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name of Jesus
What we just sang was the power of the name of Jesus, his light for our lives and for the lives of others that he would break through the darkness. We're going to experience good and bad probably in 2024. But we can be at peace because we know Jesus and we bring that light to everyone we encounter. That's our prayer for 2024, that you would speak the name of Jesus, that you would bring the light and the revelation of who he is and what he has done. Before you leave, uh, just last couple things. You're going to want to be back next week, uh, Muskegon, at regular hours here in Spring Lake. Uh, Pastor Pete's going to be sharing about the vision of the church, uh, and so you want to be here for that. And then the following week, we begin with our 21 days of prayer. We're excited about that, going into the new year, asking God to move in some powerful ways. Because it is Outreach Sunday, our food pantry, which we offer on Mondays here uh, at the Spring Lake campus, they have some food items that we're collecting, and so you'll be handed a bag this morning with some items. If you will fill that up for us, bring it back next week, and, uh, and we'll pack that all away in, in our food pantry to meet the needs of people around our community. Finally, today's the last day to give. So I know some of you have received emails and all of that. So whether it's the Global Outreach Fund, the Benevolence Fund, the General Fund, or our Christmas Eve offering, you can do that today online or at our boxes as you leave. I think that's all I have. Why don't you open up your hands and I'll give a blessing. And now may God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, continually fill you with his spirit. May you experience more of Jesus in 2024. May you come to know him in new ways, exciting ways, and in deeper ways. That you might know the hope of your salvation and the hope of our world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, everyone said, Amen. Happy New Year.